0: Well, folks, I was going to hit that. And there's the Football Scoop intro. Here we are. Football Scoop podcast is back. I am Scott Roussel. I've got Zach Barnett, Doug Samuels on. We're coming in for a short pod today. Uh, this was this came out of last night. Super Bowl is going on. There's about nine minutes left. Chiefs score. Chiefs were up one. They score a touchdown. They're up seven. They got a decision to make. Andy Reid's got to decide, do I go for one to have an eight-point lead? Do I go for two to have a nine-point Hence, two score lead. Uh, ultimately, y'all all know the story. He went for one. They went up eight. Eagles come back. They score a touchdown. They get the two. They tie. Chiefs win at the end on a late field goal. We can talk a little bit about that game. I want to talk about that decision uh, specifically to that game, but also in the context of college football and high school football. So here's the scenario. You're late in the game. We're not talking about a first quarter, second quarter. We're talking about fourth quarter under 10 minutes to play you know, a game winning type decision. You're up one, you score a touchdown, you're now up seven. You have the opportunity to go for two, to be up nine or kick it, go up eight. I believe, as Zach tweeted last night, the right move is to go for two. You go for two and you are a two score lead if you get it. If you don't get it, you're still winning by seven. I believe in that case, it's more likely that the other team gets the ball, they come down, they're probably going to go for one. They might play for two. But depending on the amount of time left, you ha- you can control the variables. You have the chance to go get that last score to win the game. Uh, if you get the two, you're up two touchdown. You're up two scores. It changes the whole dynamics. Greater chances of winning the game versus being up eight. The other team knows exactly what they got to do. They got to get uh, touchdown and two point conversion to tie and see where it goes from there. Zach, I'll give you your thoughts, and then I'll hear from Doug, who's college football—I mean high school—former college player, high school coach. Yeah, so
1: you're you're kicking the extra point there to uh, turn a one score game into a one score game. I think that's the uh, the most succinct way to to put it. Um, you know, as you mentioned before, you know every decision that we all make in life, and every decision a coach makes in terms of game management is all it boils down to risk reward, and the risk here is very little because the the uh, obviously it's better to be up eight than an up seven. But even if you miss and your opponent goes down and score overwhelmingly likely, they're going to kick the extra point and they're going to tie the game. So there is some risk there that you could be up eight and said, you're hypothetically up seven. But if you get that a nine point lead, especially in that situation with nine minutes to go, completely changes the tenor of the game. It helps your defense because now Philadelphia knows, They need two scores, so they're going to take on more high-risk behavior, which, you know, increases your possibility of a sack or an interception or anything like that. It makes them know that no – and it lets your defense know that no matter what happens, your offense is going to get the ball back with the lead. I think it changes everything, and I think it – I think, as I wrote in in my piece, you know, the seesaw, if you're watching between risk-reward, is almost about 90 degrees in favor of – in favor of reward, in my opinion.
2: Hi right, Doug, from a coach's perspective, where are you in this one? I mean, it's a beautiful illustration that might uh, win some people over, but uh, every coach in the Mar- in America goes into the game on your call sheet. You got your go for two situations. After you score a touchdown, are you up seven? I consulted the chart, um, you know, after reading your your deal, just to kind of see where it was, and the analytics say kick the field goal and we all know coaches are very risk averse uh in those type of situations I, I think the the other thing that we don't take into account is the personality of that coach on the other sideline right Nick Sirianni throughout the the entire game is is uh you know motion incomplete on incomplete passes like he's a DB out there and staring at the other sideline and the you know emphatically signaling first down like if, if you give that type of personality a chance um, to go for two at the end of the game in his first Super Bowl um, appearance, that dude's going for two. And he's got Jalen Hurts on his, his side that the Chiefs haven't been able to stop on a, a third and short situation or fourth and short situation the entire game. So I think that that makes it really tough. The, the, the other thing to think about is if Andy Reid were to decide to go for two and he's got a, a long – Cut up, I'm sure that the entire Eagles staff poured over on all of his two point plays. Um, I think you tip your hand a little bit in that situation as an offensive play caller, him and Eric enemy. Um, I-, I think you tip your hand a little bit when you go out there and you show, hey, that there's you know, we've they've got 11 or 12 personnel on the field, here's the four 14 plays that Andy Reid has has called in these type of situations, and so now they can narrow it down a little bit, and it, it becomes. Um, I think I think the the seesaw tip tips a little bit in the the other way towards the defense's favor if Andy has to show his hand in, in that All situation. Right.
0: All right, step away from the Super Bowl though. Let's let's talk. You know, high level, middle level, high school football. Okay, you you're up one. You score. You're up seven. Six minutes to go. You have the opportunity to make it a nine point lead. You got a big bruiser tailback. You can give him a shot to put you up nine and, or stay up seven. Your opportunities are nine or seven, or you kick the extra point. Your kicker's not even that good in high school. To me, it's a no brainer you go for two in that situation. It's not Super Bowl.
1: My thought and, and Doug, I, I'm not a high school coach. You you uh live this every Friday night in the fall. But my thought is if you have an opportunity to win a game by your team making one play, and in this situation, nine minutes ago, you're not gonna win the game with one play, but you're going to make it overwhelmingly likely that you're going to win the game, but with a two-score lead with in the fourth quarter. If I have one play and I have to gain three yards, then I'm going to take that chance, especially if if it doesn't work out, more than likely the worst case scenario is it's a tie game. Then I, I'm going to go for the I'm going to go for two every single time.
2: Uh, you know, I, I've been in similar situations as this. I think for a high school coach, your Super Bowl is really your rivalry game. Uh, so I try and put myself in in those shoes against like our our big rival uh, up the road. And um, I I still say that the first thing we do, even before that possession, is is I'm checking with my guy up in the box. Hey, what does the chart say? So we're thinking about two two point plays. Um, I know Bill Belichick's a guy that believes you take a motion completely out of it. You're making that decision on Thursday for a Sunday night game. Um, I think I think the Super Bowl is a great example of that probably not being uh, the best the best way to approach it, in my opinion, just because you don't know the ebbs and flows of the game, what's been successful, where momentum's going. Um, so you can take emotion out of it to a certain degree, but I think it's good to let your emotion play a little bit there. Uh, week eight in 2019, we were playing our our um, our big rival for the conference title. Our would have been Ravenna's first conference title in 20 years, I think. Um, and we were in the open – well, the minus 36. It was fourth and one. We had a seven-point lead. Uh, I actually told the team that if if we won, they could shave my beard on the field, and I was going to rub my beard into the field so it was there forever on their turf. Um, so that, that had him pretty amped up. Uh, but, but we snapped to our 6'5", 220-pound uh, tight end in, in kind of a direct snap situation. And he had gotten at least three yards all year long. We only needed one, and he got, he got stopped. Momentum completely turned. They scored two plays later, forced overtime, and then won in, in overtime or double overtime. So, um, you know, I, I and and I kind of I, I took that approach. Like, hey, I'm going to put it all on our kids. Like, I, I trust in our kids so much. Um, but I also knew the personality of that other coach in the sideline. I feel like that that played a, a role in that as well. And, and I, I think that's what that's really what something like that comes down to in the Super Bowl. I think it's overlooked a little bit is that that head coach on the other sideline. What's what's he like and what's he going to do, um, you know, if, if they were to score and tie it up or they needed two to go for the win, that they were going to go for two, absolutely.
1: So I, I think that dovetails into something that's really interesting in that uh, coaches coach, you know, to give themselves the best opportunity to win. But I think hidden somewhere in there is I'm going to make the conventional decisions because – uh, it, if it doesn't work out, it's going to lead to to less blowback for me. And, you know, Doug, you going for fourth and one, not getting it, you know, I'm sure you got plenty of blowback. And that's a situation where it works out for you 70, 80% of the time. And so I think, you know, as we as a football viewing public get more educated in the game, you know, I think we have to, and I think the public is becoming more accepting of the fact that, you know I'm going to take this risk that has a 70% chance of working out, but I understand there's that 30% chance that it may not happen. And it's just when you boil a, a seven and ten likelihood of you know a six five, 220 tight end trying to get one yard, but it only it's a binary. It's either he gets it or he doesn't. You're boiling you know something that works out for you 70 times out of 100 into one. I, I think a lot, a large portion of the public, you know, can't handle that, that, that reality. And we're farther along than we were in 1960, but I still think, you know, a lot of people would be like, well, should have it. and they just can't wrap their minds around that. And so I think a lot of coaches just coach with, well, chart says this. And if I follow the chart and it doesn't, and it, and we don't win the game, well, I didn't make the wrong decision. I The chart made the wrong decision.
2: And analytics did, yeah. But, you know, yeah. the, the other thing is all, all the stats you rely on for those situations, the seven times out of ten or whatever you want to say, those are in regular season games that are not nearly as big of a stage mm-hmm. or the seat is not as hot a, as that situation. There, there's nothing else to compare. For the high school coach, you know, that's a state championship game or for us, you know, a rivalry game. Um, so that it, it's just a completely different animal, in the Bowl, but it, so, you're absolutely right. That's why Coach coaches
1: I, I know we're trying to be brief here, but I got two examples here. It, it, Doug, you mentioned this. This is a decision that you make Thursday night or whatever. So 1969, number one, Texas is playing number two, Arkansas. It's the big shootout. Richard Nixon's going to be there. They're going to award a national championship trophy after the game. Like it's quite possibly the biggest regular season college football game of all time. Dale Royal and his staff the night before the game decide if we get down 14, we're going for two after our first touchdown. Because the thinking was, if we get it, then we can win the game with the next touchdown. And if we don't get it, then we can still tie the game by going for two on the second touchdown. So lo and behold, they fall behind 14-0, score touchdown, get it. So now it's 14-8. Then they hit a big fourth and three pass. Score touchdown. Now they kick an extra point. They win the game 15-14, and it was the the biggest win in program history until the 2005 National Championship game. Now the the other side here. Uh, This is a game that has largely been forgotten to history, but it always stuck with me. 2010, Oklahoma's number one. They're going on the road to play uh, 11th-ranked Missouri. They fall behind 36-21 with six minutes left. Score touchdown to make it 36-27 everyone's thinking okay you're going to kick the extra point and make it a one score game an eight point game a quote unquote one score game well bob stoops bob stoops goes for two because he's thinking well if we get it then we then we know for a fact we can tie the game with an extra point at 36-36 so we're going to try and make the score 36-29 and if we don't get it well we're better off knowing now that we need nine points than just thinking we need eight when we might really need nine so they didn't get the extra point they and they ended up going on to lose the game 36 27. A lot of people roasted Bob Soups for that decision. And I thought he was right at the time. I thought he was right uh, here 13 years later. And now I'm on a podcast uh, defending a decision that was made 13 years ago.
2: You know, you know, it would really make your head explode, Zach, as if in the Super Bowl last night, uh, they would have went for two and threw a goal line fake. <laughs> no, don't do that. that. That's don't <laughs>
0: They do have A.J. Brown. I, yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. What a game. Oh, that's, a, that's an argument for another time. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I thought we might have consensus. I thought everybody might agree with me, but no, No, that's okay. Again, that's why coaches coach the game. We don't just have robots calling these things. You don't just go by the book. At some point, you got to read the field and say, all right, this is the best decision. Right. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Golly, I'm really, really looking forward to the next – Round football. Some people are going to despise me for saying this, but I'm not talking about the USFL, which apparently starts in two months. Thanks, Fox. <laughs> I'm talking about college football in August. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Talk to y'all soon.